That's right, folks. It's episode 37 here at CritterCast, and today we are talking about the one, the only, Meerkats. It's Cassie and Karina, and we're at it again, sharing cool facts about our animal friends. We make stupid jokes and we laugh a lot, but we also like to learn, so give us a shot. We'll talk about snails and their tweezer teeth, or gush about our love of manatees. We'll tell you why owls are so scary to us, and there's tons more critters that we'll discuss. We promise to make sure you'll have a blast, because you're listening to CritterCast. I think that little dinging sound means that we're both here now. Hello. Okay, yes. Yay. It sounds like we're both here. I was like, I don't understand why the quality of my microphone is so bad. And then I looked over and I realized that the box was sitting here. And I was talking into a mic, but nothing was plugged in. <laughs> so there's that. Yeah, that'll probably do it. Mm-hmm. Do it, and whatever. I'm irritated. It's fine. It sounds much better oh, now. Does it? I'm so glad. Yes, <laughs> it sounds wonderful. Well, there so go. crisp and clear. Whatever. You know, it's fine. I didn't need it. I didn't need it to be fancy anyway. And I've never done anything like this before. So whatever. Um, we have limited time together, Cassie and I, CritterCast listeners. It is episode 37, as I said. And this week may sound a little funky. And that's because we are not in the same place. What? We are in distant places from each other. So we're trying to figure out how to do this fancy online phone call recording thing. Um, and it, it yes, yeah. it's a lot. It's a lot. Yep. A lot. But we wanted to figure out how to do it anyway. So better that we be our own guinea pigs. True. Than subject someone else to going through our experiment experimentation process. Yeah, very true. It's it's yeah. definitely gonna be like a weirder way to try and record when yeah. like we're not there feeding off of each other. But right? um, we'll see. It's also going to be like a new editing experience. So, you know, Ooh, exciting. We'll just have to see how it goes. Um, that being said, we're going to go ahead and just get right on started. Uh, listeners have actually already heard what we're going to be talking about today without Cassie hearing. But today, oh so I was looking back at our list of all the previous episodes that we've done recently. And, you know, we've done, yeah. we've done birds, we've done fish, we've done reptiles. We kind of, insects, we've kind of touched on it all. So it was finally time to circle back around to mammals, obviously. Oh my gosh. (laughs) And I know we both love mammals so much, but I had a really hard time and I was like, oh my God, there's so many mammals. One of my, one of my new coworkers, Michael has been listening and loving, listening to and loving CritterCast, but. Yay. Hi, Michael. Thank you. (laughs) He wants to come on and talk about some larger mammals and. Um, yeah, I thought small instead, since we're not ready to get Michael in just yet because he's still catching up on some episodes. So I figured we would uh, switch it up and we would try and go with um, a smaller mammal this time. So today we're going to be Ooh. talking about one of my all-time favorites, meerkats. Oh my gosh, I love meerkats. I'm so excited. Me too. Now, let me be clear. When I did this research, most of it was just like reminding myself what I already know about meerkats because I love yeah. them so much. And I spent a big chunk of my life completely obsessed with meerkats. 
and like well who didn't right i've like seen every documentary on meerkats ever even the really sad ones like it was it was worth it to me you know to watch the yeah did you watch meerkat manor absolutely avidly i used to go to work because my family used to own a, a dance store and i used to go in early because it was right across the street from our house to watch Meerkat Manor on Saturday mornings on Animal Planet. Yes. <laughs> because we yes. had cable at home, but we had cable at our store because my mom wanted to keep us busy while she worked. So I went to our store Fair. when I didn't need to be there so that I could watch Meerkat Manor. Aww. I know. Do you remember who your favorites were? I always, always loved the mom. Was that Flower? I think so. Yeah. And then that was one of my favorites. And then her baby Daisy was like one yep. of my favorites. Yeah, those were those were my OGs. And honestly, it's been so long since I watched Meerkat Manor, I probably couldn't name them all. Oh, I really liked Yosarian too. Fun. Yeah, I don't remember yep. that one at all. <laughs> yeah, I feel like Yosarian was a little bit more like a trickster sort of guy. Oh, yeah, that's definitely true. I think I always remember the females because like those were my those were my favorites, obviously. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know. those were great. Um, so meerkat is obviously the common name of this very adorable small mammal. And for those of you who are able to, I always encourage you at this point to take a pause, to hit a Google search or go to our Facebook or Instagram and view yourself a picture of a meerkat. They are super adorable little mammals. They're so cute. Their scientific or Latin name is Suricata Suricata. But the first suricata is one T and the second is two T's for no reason. Oh, okay. Because I don't understand Latin, but there we go. Um, (laughs) They hail from South Africa, from a couple different countries in Southern Africa, including South Africa, but it's not the only South African country they're from. And they're from, of course, like savanna type um, environments where it's dry and hot and there's lots of dirt to dig in. Sure. That sounds like paradise. Right, right. Um, yeah. These are small guys. Usually people say they're like a little bit larger than your average squirrel. <laughs> they're, they're small mammals. So they're usually between like nine and three quarters to almost 12 inches tall. Oh, huh. see, I think I thought that they were a little bit bigger. Yeah, no, they're actually, they're pretty small. I mean, like a foot tall okay. is not like the tiniest thing in the world, but they're smaller no. than a lot of the reptiles that we've talked about. They're smaller than yeah. <laughs> I think I was thinking that they were about small cat size. Yeah. No, they're more like kitten sized. Wow. Yeah. That just makes them even cuter. To yeah. Me. Cause their tail, um, we don't, we don't talk like their that was just their head and body. And then their tail is usually adds on another like seven and a half to 10 inches. Oh, but like, sure. but their tail is like, it doesn't, you know, it's, it's a long skinny tail, like a kitten's tail. It doesn't really add to their like size, you know? Um, And they're super lightweight. They weigh usually only up to two and a half pounds. Oh my goodness. Yeah. They're, they're, they're so delicate. Such tiny little things. Um, Their lifespan, we know in captivity because a lot of them are kept in zoos. They're pretty popular to keep in zoos and on nature reserves and that kind of stuff. And in captivity, we see them living, you know, 12 to 14 years. And it's it's usually assumed that it's going to be about half of that in the wild because, you know, predators and all that right all that not as fun stuff that unfortunate stuff right right. part of living in the wild being a wild critter breaks my heart when it's like a cute little critter but that is that is the reality of the meerkat life 
but yeah. that's okay because you know that's not the shortest lifespan you can have yeah it's really not 12 to 14 years in captivity is no joke either that's a no. nice long time not that we're saying keep meerkats as pets because we're saying do oh, that. No. it's illegal for good Right. <laughs> uh, part of why right. you wouldn't want to keep a meerkat as a pet is because they are not uh, independent animals. They are social animals. And social, mm-hmm. I mean, not with people, but with their own kind. And they have complex social groups. And trying to keep one in captivity away from the rest of its pack, uh, its mob, right. actually, they're called mobs, um, oh. would not be... <laughs> Right, would not be very good for it. Uh, And then you would just have to have 30 meerkats. And that's just like way too much for anybody to take on. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, thank you. You're like, nope. "Mm." That that sounds a little extra to me. But I feel like I don't want 30 of them, right? I think I'll go with a stuffed meerkat, not like a taxidermied meerkat, but just like a plush Yeah, just like go to the zoo and every zoo ever has a stuffed meerkat as an option to take home. Now feel the need to prove that by going to a zoo and buying myself. Yes, one. we should. The Sacramento Zoo has meerkats and they're adorable. So does the okay, it's a date. Let's do it <laughs> right now. Let's oh, go. Okay, let's just stop recording. Okay. Put some stop recording. Bye, guys. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs> um, like I said, meerkats have complex family structures and they usually live in packs of anywhere between fifteen and thirty individuals, a la Meerkat Manor, which we've already referenced. Unfortunately, it's not airing anymore, but I'm sure you can find plenty of clips of it on YouTube because Meerkat Manor was arguably the best Animal Planet show ever. Actually the bomb. Yeah, actually the best show in the world. Um, They are diurnal. So for those of you who have tuned into an episode before and heard us talk about reptiles specifically, you'll know that diurnal means... Oh, that they are active during the day. There you go. And they sleep at night. Hey, I know stuff. Um, And part of that is because of their physiology, of course, like their eyes are not sensitive to to lower light um, and all that good stuff. So that's part of why it is. And they are endothermic animals, as most mammals are. So they don't need Mm to, uh, you know, they don't need to rely on when it's hot and when it's not hot. They can just make their own by eating food fancies. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so fancy Impressive. I know, right? <laughs> um like really everything that makes meerkats cool at all it really boils down to like two things and the first thing is their family structure which we'll totally talk about and the second thing is their diet which I kind of want to talk about first okay let's do it sorry just a second <laughs> it's okay I was like what the heck where where did Cassie go it's all good um Okay. I sent, um, I sent Poppy out with my mom and my aunt to go and get us ice cream Uh, and, uh, she just got back. And even though I am recording, I turned my dad's computer room into a recording studio. uh Um, but she figured out that she could try and open the door. Uh, Ah, I'm in my bedroom and my younger brother is, uh, on the couch and he's got both my dogs and the kitten, and they're oh. all happy to just uh, catch all the mac and cheese that falls off his plate. So, oh well, yeah, yeah. we're doing just fine <laughs> over here. Yeah, that sounds like a perfect setup for all of them. Right, they're just living the best life. They're very happy. Oh. Uh, okay, so tell me more about meerkats. Yeah, so like like I said, the two cool like what meerkats are very cool and very unique animals, and the two things that make them the coolest, of course, are their family structure and their diet. And I want to talk all about their family structure, but I think I want to talk about their diet first. 
because okay. like right. it's not the longest topic, but it's I arguably the coolest thing about them. Oh, so like, do you do you know? Wait, the the diet is the coolest thing about? I them? I think so. Oh, I mean, there's a lot okay. of cool things about them, but I definitely think that diet is like up there. Well, bring it on! Well, oh my gosh, I, mean, I kind of assumed like you watched me or Cat Man, or you know what they? Eat. I did, but I don't remember anything specific about their diet. Oh. I watched Meerkat Manor when I was in my master's program. Ah. So I was trying to stuff my brain mm-hmm. with um, literature ah, information. Well, bummer on you. For you some missed reason. out. I know. <laughs> Meerkat. Poor planning on my part. Like a lot of other mammals are omnivores. But okay. what makes them extra special and cool is that they've evolved to be able to eat types of prey that most animals can't eat. Like scorpions? Including, yep, including venomous, like poisonous mm. scorpions, toxic millipedes, and lots, what? Yeah, and lots of other animals that have venom because they've developed wow. like anti-venom in their body that they can digest. What? Mm-hmm. They're just like kind of immune to different types of venom. Wait, we talked about another animal that had kind of an immunity like that. Do you remember what it was? Um, yeah, me neither. <laughs> I'll have to look back through my notes. I know, I know. I totally can remember the conversation. Right? But I, it, oh, that's so cool, yeah, though. It's a killing me here. Uh, we'll have to look it up again. But yeah, extra cool. They can eat all kinds of stuff. And of course, they also enjoy lots and lots of bugs. It's their favorite thing to eat is insects mm-hmm. and sure. lizards or smaller mammals or small birds. You know, they, they're okay. not picky. Right. They'll eat most anything. Um, Wait, how do they catch birds? They are diggers and like they use their sharp, long claws to immobilize okay. things. So if a bird, like oh, if a bird was to like land on the ground, they would oh. just kind of like snap it up with those claws. Wow. And then they just kind of start awesome. eating. Like they don't even really kill it. They just kind of oh. start eating. I mean, why, why waste the time killing it if you can just rip it to shreds and eat yeah. it? Yeah. You know, well, you it's just do it. still screaming. Um, the baby, you know, when they are, they are learning to eat. Actually, uh-huh. uh, picked up a tip from humans, and they utilize begging techniques. Oh, oh no! To get their parents or the older okay. meerkats to give them food. Nice. <laughs> Eventually, Perfect. they have to learn on their own um, how to hunt and you know how to scavenge and how to eat, but. When they're little, sure. they're kind of like, mm, I'm going to go on the cuteness factor as long as possible. Hey, that's why young mammals are really cute. <laughs> right? Because it's an evolutionary advantage. Right? You don't want to hurt them yeah. and you want to protect them and you want to take care of them. Yep. And and meerkats are fully on board with this. Yeah. Awesome. Also, I, I think when they, like the baby ones make really high-pitched noise, don't yeah, they? Yeah, they squeak. Yeah. yeah. They squeak like. I mean, like meerkats, there's not really, there's not really anything else that sounds quite like a meerkat sounds. Um, so, but yeah, they squeak and it's extra, extra cute. I'll have to put in a sound bite. Yeah. But it's super, super oh cute. Adorable. Um, Adorable. Yeah. And so that's kind of like, that's kind of the big thing about their diet. You know, they, uh, they're just very impressive and that I think it's really cool that yeah. animal because it's just so smart too. Like evolution was like, you know what? We live in an area that's populated by so many different species, right? And we're small little things and we're, we're we live in big groups and we need to eat a lot, you know, to keep going yeah. and to do our things. So how do we combat nature and competition? Oh, well, we'll just eat things there's no competition for. <laughs> 
perfect. Easy. Brilliant. They, it's like they could just force themselves to like a yeah. food that nobody else likes. You know, they're, they're like when my, my brother and me, when we were growing up, my mom would always steal our candy. Mm -hmm. but we both figured out that she doesn't like gummy candy. Mm -hmm. So that was our favorite. <laughs> You're like, whatever. It's fine. You're not even eating my it's favorite. My, it's my favorite. I don't even like chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> you liars. You knew you did. Oh yeah. You were, such you were trying to uh, Jedi mind trick your mom and I'm sure it didn't work out well for you. No, it just meant we got less chocolate still. Oh, gosh darn. She was like, well, if you don't like it, I'm just going to eat even more. <laughs> yeah, she's always outsmarted us. Well, you know, that's what moms do. It's their job. Speaking it's of. actually in the obligation. Speaking yeah. of, that is oh, no. the other amazing thing about meerkats is they're really complicated, but also kind of simplistic family structure. And it all starts uh -huh. with their mamas. Yes. Because they they're matriarchal, right? Matriarchal society. Yay. is the bosses always. Yeah. Um, so a meerkat group, despite Yay. meerkat manor always referring it to as a, as a family or a pack, um, it is in fact called a mob. Any grouping of meerkats living together is called a mob. Uh, you know, we just, I don't really understand who determines this or who decides, but Right. Go. It seems like if you had a group of women in charge together, you should name it something more female centric than mob. Right. Also, just like mob is, has such a negative connotation to it. And like, right. And it's not just, descriptive, really. No, they're just living in a group like they're not doing anything negative. They're just trying to yeah. live their life. But um, but each mob will actually consist of multiple different family groups. So Unlike the way oh. it's portrayed on Meerkat Manor, where it's like, here's this mom and here are all her offspring and all their offspring and they're one group. It can uh -huh. be that way sometimes, but it's totally, totally plausible and frequent that a mob will actually have like two to three different genetic lines. Um, oh, oh, well, that's smart. Yeah, but there will sure. still usually be one breeding pair that is higher than all the rest that is dominant and of that okay. breeding pair the female will be the one that takes charge oh because she's the one in charge let's be real but i mean we all know who wears the pants in a meerkat family right and also let's be real in like most families men may think they're in charge but are they i mean if you want it to be well planned out and <laughs> successful and organized <laughs> maybe you put the woman in charge but it's fine <laughs> it's fine it's fine. Um, but yeah what's what's really cool I think though is aside from having like one dominant breeding pair the rest of the mob just kind of like is is what it is like there's no hierarchy or structure beneath that there's no beta omega any of those other weird Greek things. okay like right it's just hey we're kind of in charge here and everybody else is here and we all do our part like that's okay. that's why they live in groups. Nice. So it's more like a commune, really. Yeah, really. Yeah. You and you'll have your leaders who are just kind of you know there to organize the chaos, but like <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, I'm you know they can't they can't just be like fully anarchists. They have to have a little bit of order, and that's where your dominant breeding pair comes in. 
Nice. For the most part, like the reason that meerkats live in groups, it's not just because they're like lovey-dovey, ooh, I love my family. It's because these are tiny mammals. And even though they're very skilled predators to things smaller than them, there are a lot of things in Southern Africa on all of these savannas that can absolutely um, take down a single meerkat with no problem. Right. But um, taking down a family of meerkats or a mob of 30 meerkats is almost impossible. Right. Because, right. Like they will band together and use vocalizations. They will use all kinds of defensive hisses and, you know, they'll, their claws and they'll literally, and maybe that's why they're called a mob because they'll literally mob up in a group around the younger, smaller ones to protect oh. them. Um, nice. And to keep predators away, to keep other mobs away, to keep not so much humans. They honestly have like a curiosity of humans, which is probably not all that healthy, but no, <laughs> <laughs> but like for the most no. part they're they wouldn't show the same defensive behaviors to a human that they would to say a cobra. <laughs> so they must like have a fair level of intelligence to be able to differentiate between different types of large predators. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah, and I think part of it is that they have a really expansive both um like verbal language between all the different vocalizations that they have, but they they do a lot of body language between each other too. And I think any species that relies heavily on body language between them individually also is kind of in tune to watching the body language of predators and other sure. So it's easier for them to say like is this an immediate threat? I can evaluate that. And if it's not, right. like, what can I get from this? Right. Like, oh, that's so cool. Like, these guys are stellar opportunists. They, um, they're great diggers, but if there's already a burrow dug by some other animal, they'll happily just move in there and then make it better. <laughs> and they have these. You know what? That's totally fine because why should you work harder when you could work smarter exactly. and just take somebody else's burrow? Exactly. But the thing is that they're not always just taking it and kicking that animal out. Sometimes they're just like, yeah, we could live here together. It's fine. <laughs> like, Hey, just, you know what? They move in and they're like, hey, we're roommates now. <laughs> How how do the other animals respond to that? Some of them, depending on how uh, threatened they feel. So like sometimes they'll live with moles or ground squirrels. And if it's a big enough, you know, small mammal that they don't feel like the meerkats are predators to them, they'll just kind of live their lives. They don't huh. become part of the meerkat mob, but they're okay. the tunnel system. Okay. Um, because the thing is, like, when you think of other animals in their burrows, they'll usually have, like, a single burrow, maybe a tunnel, a right. branch off. But meerkats, uh-uh, that's too simple. Right. They'll use that burrow as a starting point, and then they dig, like, complex tunnels, intricate tunnels, oh so that they have all kinds of different places to go. Um, they have little alcoves here and there. They kind of each can have their own individual space. They have, like, little underground mansions. Therefore, meerkat manor instead of meerkat hovel. Exactly. Like, brilliant. Like, straight up, like the way that they design their tunnels and like their runs is to have like airflow, like natural airflow, so that they don't overheat. What? They're like, oh, we just needed, you know, we just needed some AC. It's fine. So they go into a burrow and they look around and they're like, mm, it's so light and airy. I like the open floor plan. <laughs> Knock down the walls. <laughs> <laughs> Some shiplap up. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh my God. And then they also like the, they also want their tunnel system to have good acoustics so that when they're, you oh, know, when sure. their sentries are like, Hey, there's a predator. What's up? They can give a call and everybody will hear and be able to come. Nice. Like it's crazy. So everyone can hear it and it can echo through all of the chambers. Mm-hmm. And they have one vocalization, their alarm call. That's very distinct that they know, you know, it's like a high pitched shrill kind of yip. Do it. I can't I, do no, it. There's literally, I'll, I'll put a sound bite in. Um, but yeah, it's, it's super shrill and sharp and it just like, it'll make everybody know like, Hey, what's up? You know? And then, yeah, I think if I heard you just make a a sudden, very shrill yip from the other room, I would probably be like, Oh, this is an alarming sound. You'd be like, Hey, is everything all right? (laughs) But this this suggests to me that there might be an emergency. They also have like check-in calls. So there's sentries. So sentries for those of you that don't know, um, are obviously, um, not obviously, I guess, things, people or animals that stand guard and keep an eye out for any threats and and meerkats always have a sentry on guard they rotate they are smart but there's always someone on guard even though they're diurnal at night there will be sentries posted like they just take turns working the graveyard shift well yeah like you said they're in a dangerous location they got to keep their eyes out but they have um this like kind of soft peeping sound that's just like their it's all good call Nice. Like from century to century. And also the people nice. like inside can just rest easy knowing that like, it's all good. They are keeping an eye out. They're not just sleeping at their post. Okay. Did you ever watch the um, animated Disney version of Robin Hood? Yes. That's Do the, you remember? the only version I truly believe as real Robin Hood. Oh, yes. Absolutely. <laughs> it is canon. Yeah. Do you, do you remember the character whose job was to walk around it was like a night watchman and its job was to walk around in the town and say 11 p.m. and all is well. Uh, a little bit. Not that much. It's been a long time since I've seen it. Well, I'm assuming that this is where we get the idea oh. for things like that. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, sure. It's from Meerkats. Oh, yeah. I think they're, yeah. they're just uh, really the starting point for so much pop culture. <laughs> also, now I'm kind of wondering why there weren't any Game of Thrones families that had the Meerkat as their like, family animal. We had stags and fish. There were trout, but there nobody had a meerkat. Well, I mean, I'm thinking that they weren't really pulling from like Southern Africa when they were establishing like fake Westeros. Well, that was because it's European, right? Well, Westeros is, but not the other continent. Well, they explore. Yeah, but like the whole thing is pretty European. You know, fair. Like fair. <laughs> it is. It is based on British history. Yeah, they they weren't yeah. really they weren't <laughs> branching out. Really. Okay, I guess. That makes sense. <laughs> oh my god! But I mean, they have so many different vocalizations. Like they purr. They can purr still. They purr. Mm-hmm. Wait. Okay. What What other animals are they related to? You know, I did not look that up. <laughs> I'm wondering if they're. I mean, foxes can purr, can't they? I'm not sure. Um, here, I'm going to do a, a quick search. We're going to help us along here. The suricata, suricata. Okay. It's a small carnivore. Oh, it's the, it's a mongoose, like part of the mongoose family. 
Oh, so they're related to monks. That makes a lot of yeah. sense. Okay. That does yep. make so much sense. I can't believe it didn't yep. come to my mind, but look at us, yep. you know, learning. Because mongooses also can, I'm assuming from my experience with Ricky Ticky Tabby, <laughs> eat toxic or venomous animals. I would assume so. We're going to have to do a mongoose episode and refresh oh, yeah. on our knowledge of mongoose at some point. Um, but I assume so, you know, they're just, yeah, yeah. Uh, they're just really cool. You know, that's so neat. They work together. They disperse out jobs, but it's not like if you were born a century, you're stuck a century, your whole life. Like, Oh really? No. Yeah. Everybody takes turns. Wow. Doing standing guard. Everybody else takes turn like foraging for food, taking care of the babies. Like it's just an all family, all group effort. That is so cool. Right. I just, I feel like they're kind of goals. They are. They really are. Like, yeah. plus their little, their little stance when they just stand right? on their little hind legs with their hands up. It's, yep. It's just so cute. Also, they just look so stylish because they always look like they're wearing, um, eyeshadow and like a, a nice smoky eye. Yeah, absolutely. Like they just yeah. like, oh, they're just so, so, so cool. It is that time of the episode, as usual, time to take a pause and give a shout out to our fellow podcasters via our promo of the episode. This week, we are featuring uh, a non-animal podcast, switch it up a little bit. We are featuring Haunting History Podcast. This is their season three trailer, um, and they put out a call to action, so definitely take a listen. Hi, this is Kat with Haunting History Podcast, and I'm here to tell you about what's new in season three. This season, we're doing something a little different. We're investigating, researching, and telling you the story of a missing person's case as we go along. You'll join us as we talk to detectives, private investigators, coroner's offices, file clerks, librarians, and the family members whose lives are changed by a disappearance that happened 40 years ago, and most likely spending an unhealthy amount of time on Ancestry.com. You, our listeners, are going to be with us as we get the case, and then as we find, meet, and talk to the people behind the story. We're starting the season with a ton of questions and zero answers, and we have no idea how it's going to end. What we do know is this family deserves to know what happened. Join us by emailing, messaging, and commenting with your thoughts, suggestions, and ideas. We want your help. Someone out there knows something. Help us find that someone. Season three starts Tuesday, June 11th with the disappearance of Deborah Lynn. And now back to your regularly scheduled CritterCast episode. I have um, awesome. a little bit of information on their like reproduction and development too. Ooh, so they, okay. uh, as with most mammals, they're, they're sort of seasonal breeders. Um, they sure. like to breed generally during the warm seasons and of course in southern africa when it's warm it's also rainy um, right. and that's usually like august through march and that's because that's when food is readily available right and it makes sense to breed when there's plenty of food for your new babies absolutely but they're not like restricted seasonal breeders kind of like cats where they can have babies throughout the year oh okay they don't go into heat yeah, or no, if food is readily available like they can they can be like, all right, come on in. Like they do, they okay. do still like have a, a heat period like cats again. Um, but it's not like a, it's not like an every month thing, like in dogs and humans. Um, or, and it's not like a strictly seasonal thing. Oh, okay. Their bodies just kind of go with the flow. Okay. <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> um, males, males like to, uh, 
fight with females to initiate a mating. Um, fellas. <laughs> I don't know. The girls kind of like it. I think it just gets oh, them well. hot and bothered. You know, to each their own. Whatever. They're like, okay, <laughs> yeah, you seem like you're strong. We can do this. Let's do this. Okay. <laughs> They're like, if you can take me out or I'll, I'll let you think you can take me out, then yeah, okay, you can probably protect your family too. Yeah, I think we're, we're in good shape. Um, that, like they are, they are mammals, so of course um, fertilization occurs inside the body and then they, they gestate their little babies inside for about 11 weeks, a very short pregnancy. Okay. Um, and they, yep, yep. And they will have a litter, and it's usually two to five babies in a litter. Okay, that's reasonable. Um, and like most small mammals, they're pretty helpless when they're born. Um, they mm -hmm. usually will stay in the burrows that they're born in for like at least three weeks and just have food brought to them and while like nursing. And then when they start to kind of eat food, it's just brought to them. Okay. And okay. Then, sure. Uh, yeah. Like they, but they're not weaned until like six to nine weeks. Like they may try to try, wow. like they may try to sample a little something, but they're going to nurse uh -huh. solid, like they need to nurse solid six to nine weeks. Wow. Those poor moms. That's a fair amount of time to nurse. I mean, not really. It's, it's like, it's not even as long as their gestation. And when you think about humans, most like most human mothers will nurse for at least a year and a half. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. So yeah that's a thing yeah uh, I think I'm thinking about cats <laughs> oh well yeah I mean who after you know four four weeks are like okay that's enough yeah <laughs> I mean they a lot of moms like that my mom's feeding a stray cat right now and her kittens are probably at least two and a half months old and she's definitely still letting them nurse oh my goodness what a nice mom but also but also a dumb girl cut the cord <laughs> yeah I know yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, the, the funny thing is like by the, everything is kind of shortened with them. So by the time they're two months old, they, they just look like adults. They're like a little small. Oh, wow. They just look like little adults. Wow. That's fast. Okay. Right. You know, like kittens yeah. at two months old, like they're kind Still of adultish, but like, look like a kitten. right. You can tell it's like when yeah. they hit like four or five months that you're like, okay, this just looks like a small cat now. Right, right. But um, they're not the meerkats won't reach sexual maturity until a year. So they'll be like, oh, okay. They'll be like looking all like mini adults by two months, but yeah, it takes them another eight months. No, wait, 10 months, another 10 months to get to sexual maturity. Wow. So, okay. Well, good. Yeah. Take your time, folks. Don't rush it. They're not. They're not get healthy. Yeah. Eat a lot of nice nice fattening venomous insects first yeah oh my goodness we're i don't know if you can hear it but we're having some technical <laughs> difficulties oh uh oh yeah it's just like the oh it's dragging a little bit oh no yeah i mean this is just the reality we don't have a ton of time left anyway before it cuts us off uh, okay because there is a time limit on this but Yikes. Um, things we didn't talk about are the fact that they sleep in piles and it's extra cute. Like they Well, that's adorable. They don't usually sleep in their burrows. They usually sleep above ground in a pile to keep warm and safe. 
What? I know. Their burrows are for, you know, moving around, hunting, breeding. Um, like that's where the babies will be. But the rest of them, you know, they don't want to have okay. animals like coming into the burrow and coming up on the newborn. So they they hang out outside the burrows for the most part. Huh. Oh, that's not what I thought at all. That's interesting. Yeah, really? I feel like they showed that a lot on uh on Meerkat Manor. Like just the cute little piles of I feel like now that you said it, it makes sense. Mm. Well, there you go. Uh oh. Um, yeah. yeah. Yep. <laughs> Some other fun fun facts that like don't fit in to really any of the other categories. Um uh-huh. is that they're um they when they fight like when they get into fights like for the most part they're like yeah we're all here to help each other but like sometimes they can get into some serious fights they're very territorial between other mobs um if a young female that hits sexual maturity tries to like challenge for dominance they will fight and she can get kicked out or oh no their fights can go to the death <laughs> Oh, oh, I do remember that. Yeah, there was a study yeah. um, in, I think, like 2015 that looked at 1,024 different animal species to look at, like, their mortality and the cause of death. And meerkats were the most murderous. <laughs> so about 20% of all meerkat deaths are murders <laughs> from other meerkats. I'm sorry. Did you say 20%? Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. Like, wow, they are bloodthirsty little. Because the thing is, like, they absolutely will avoid fighting at all costs. Like, they will do aggressive posturing and bluffing and hissing. But when that doesn't work, then they go straight into war mode. It's not like, oh it's not like fight to, you know, fight to win. Wow. It's like fight to kill. Wow. Um, and like it, it can and will be like full on war between mobs if it's a territory dispute and they oh will God. like run at each other, like the entire mobs. It's not like singles. Like they will just run at each other across a field. Wow. Like it's, I, I what? I, I think it's actually crazy. Like, well, heck now I'm just seeing Game of Thrones <laughs> only instead of people at Smearcast. Right. Um, like in those situations, in those like literal like charging at each other situations, like actual battle situations, like a lot yeah. of times one of the mobs will be like, ah, okay, we're just going to leave. Like they'll back out at that point. <laughs> okay. But yeah. when they Smart. don't, you know, if they were to not back out, then they would fight and kill each other because, oh you know, gosh. they really, you know, they'll try everything. Okay. <laughs> um, Yeah. But also, I made a mistake earlier. They do sleep above ground, but that's mostly in the summer when it's hotter because it's too hot in their tunnels. And so oh, okay. they'll sleep above ground. Um, they do have sleeping chambers for when it's cooler. Sleeping chambers. Yes. But they still will snuggle on top of each other, whether they're inside or outside. They're tiny, furious, bloodthirsty humans. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. And then like my last interesting fact, and this is only backed up by one source. Like it's the only okay. thing that I didn't see other places. Okay. That um when, you know, when the dominant female dies, they 
they have to pick a new dominant female. And usually uh-huh. it'll be her oldest, largest daughter that would just take over okay. as the leader because so like a one. true matriarchy. Exactly. Like it's yeah. your oldest health a hierarchical female. matriarchy. Exactly. But yeah. if a younger sibling like starts to outgrow that one, there'll be a rivalry. Uh-huh. Um and if they want to settle like if they want to settle it without kicking one of them out, uh-huh. um, they will have an eating contest. I'm sorry, what? They will like literally <laughs> they will have an eating contest so that one of them will grow faster until they are the biggest. That's like undeniably. I think that's brilliant. And I vote yes. They're like, here we go. <laughs> I would I would like to nominate that as an option for the um presidential primary candidate. <laughs> yes. You may you may eat your way to success. <laughs> but only if you do it in a, a healthy way. Yeah. Oh my God. No, it's crazy. Like it's crazy that on one side they are known to be like, look at a meerkat society and look at how well they cooperate together and look at how well they survive as a species because they are, you know, because they work so closely and because they play to everyone's strengths. But then also like they're bloodthirsty and they are competitive leaders. Like, my God. (laughs) That's awesome. <laughs> like that's just it's crazy. Yeah. But it it's whatever they're doing is working because they are listed as a species of least concern. Excellent. They're just there's Excellent. no worry about them. They're doing great. They they know what they're doing. They live in an area where they know how to handle their natural predators and thankfully there's not a ton of human urbanization happening in their environments. Oh, okay. So, good. We're not yet well, yeah, destroying them. Most of us aren't very eager to go and live out in the particularly hot and and more difficult to survive in desert savanna areas. Yeah, for sure. No, we're we're at least in general. Yeah, we're not we're not trying that life. Um, but that is probably going to be about all the time we have. But thank you guys for tuning into CritterCast episode 37 today. It was such a joy to have you as usual. And thanks for your patience with all of our technical difficulties. This is our first time using any kind of audio recording and we know it was a little bit rough. If you would like more CritterCast and you just can't get enough, remember you can find all of our episodes on our website, CritterCastPodcast.com or on your favorite podcast hosting site. You can also find us on social media at on Facebook at CritterCast, on Instagram at CritterCast Podcast, and on Twitter as Cast Critter. And if that's still not enough, we do have a Patreon page, and there we release special episodes once a month um, talking about our favorite mystical critters. So definitely check that out. Our July episode should be coming up in the next week or so. Um, if you want even more CritterCast after that, feel free to send us an email at CritterCastPodcast at gmail.com. Well, thank you guys so much for tuning into CritterCast today. That was episode 37 on the terrifying and adorable Meerkat. <laughs> I, I'm, thank you so much for sharing everything about Meerkats with me. Uh, they, they may have moved up to my top 10 animals. It's, it's, a hard, it's hard to be there, but I think they deserve it. I think they earned it. Yeah, they're, they're pretty epic. Oh, absolutely. Yep. Mm-hmm. And very relatable. Right. You're like, <laughs> so me, so me all the time. Yeah. Same. Ugh, same I can't well. wait to share dozens of adorable meerkat photos and videos with everybody. Woo-hoo, but all the photos. <laughs> we have to say goodbye. So 
See you later, alligator. After a while, crocodile. This is the Critter Cast Podcast.